Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. seems like it rained. I'm so tired today. Um, we are glad that you are here. Hey, as you get ready to leave service later on today, um, today is an easy, easy day that we have made. Sign up to serve day. We believe everybody has different gifts, different abilities, and different talents, and that we need to use that for his kingdom and not just building our own. And so, if you are here and you aren't serving in ministry, you're not volunteering anywhere, and when I say ministry, a lot of times we think, oh, well, you know, I'm not equipped to preach. We're not looking for a new preacher. We got one messed up one already. Um, so, um, that, make it, that, that position is full. But we have so many different opportunities for you to serve in, and we want to help you find your place. Because a core value of Foundation Church is we believe saved people serve people so that the served people become saved people. And you will never know the impact that you are making in somebody's life. In fact, uh, I heard a story this past week that one of the reasons we we had a couple that came back that is coming and Foundation Church is their home, is that some of our outdoor greeters remembered their name and said, hey, it is great to see you this week, their second time here, and they're like, this is my new church home. You may think that it's just not that big of a deal. It is a huge deal um, of the impact that you can make just being by being willing to serve. And so we've got several different places for you to serve, from greeters to kids ministry to students ministry to AV, to all kinds of ushers, everything. And we've got these cards for you to fill out and answer any questions that you might have. So at the end of service, I know don't rush out for lunch. I'll try to preach fast, but I tried that last week and it didn't work so good either. So, um, but please make sure that you stop by to serve. I love the quote by Martin Luther King Jr. He says, everyone can be great because anybody can serve. And um, if you're looking for your greatness, start lurking, looking for your willingness and your ability to serve and make a difference and be a part of something that's just bigger than yourself. So, hey, this week, I know we had the royal wedding, but we also had a big phenomenon happen um, that many of us were victim to, and it was this. It was this very thing Laurel. all over social media. Yeah. Laurel. Yeah. Okay, so so how many how many heard Laurel? How many heard Laurel? How many heard Yana? How many heard both? Yeah, you're the messed up ones, okay? 
You're the one, the Bible says, because you were lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth because you were neither hot nor cold. Um, here's the deal. It's so funny how we hear, I'm just playing, um, we hear different things. You're like, is this guy for real right now? This is your first service. Um, he's for real. Uh, but it is funny how we hear something different. Like I heard Laurel first service, and I'm not kidding, first time ever, first time ever, I've listened to this probably 10 times, I just heard Yana for the first time, which means I'm messed up. Um, I am with you now. I, I, we, it's so funny how we hear what we hear. And many times, if we're not careful, when we go to church, we hear what we want to hear instead of what the Word of God is telling us. And we want to take stuff out of context to, to, to just fit in with our lifestyle instead of making our lifestyle fit in context with the scriptures. And so this morning, I want you to know, um, as your pastor, as a leader of Foundation Church, we're always going to keep the Bible front and center, and we're going to keep it the Word of God. I'm not going to preach my opinion. I'm not going to get up and preach what's cool, what is trendy, but I'm going to be very, very purposeful and say, man, this is what the Word of God says, and we're going to listen to the voice of God and not hear what we want to hear, but hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. And so my prayer for this, this message today is that you wouldn't just hear what you want to, that you wouldn't tune in and tune out and be like, what did he say? Because um, in first service, it sounded like I actually cussed. Um, and I was like, we got to edit that out. Um, but, and I caught it, finally I caught one. Um, uh, but that, that we actually hear what the Holy Spirit wants us to speak. Now, a bunch of you are like, I wonder what he said. Um, and you'll find out in just a little bit. So, uh, but uh, today I want to talk to us about as we continue our series, So You Want to Be Rich, I want to talk to us about money. Um, if this is your first week here, you've been coming to Foundation Church a little bit, and you're like, oh, there it is. That pastor always talking about money. I haven't preached on money in over two years. Um, and, and here's the deal. I, I want us to kind of calm down because everybody gets funny when the pastor talks about money, right? Um, the good news is offering buckets have been passed. We're not going to repass them because the pastor's talking about offering um, and, and talking about finances. Um, we are not videoing. We didn't video who gave and who didn't give um, this week. Um, be like, oh, I really hope they have a life change. Um, that's, not, that's not this. Um, I, I, I want us to understand what does the Bible tell us about finances? What's the Bible tell us about money? Because it's amazing to me, we don't want our pastors to talk about money. We won't want the church to talk about money, but we talk about and we're concerned about money on a weekly basis. It is a, a, a thought it is a constant pressure in our lives on a consistent, consistent basis. And so we need to know, not does what the popular TBN preacher say, not what does religion say, but man, what does the Bible say about finances? What does it say? And I want to remind us, we're in this series, so you want to be rich. And, and we need to understand this morning, we are the rich. We're the rich people right? If you've missed, let me go back to our world calculator. If you make $100,000 a year, that's not insurance, that's not benefits, that's not bonuses, but if you make $100,000 a year, you're in the top 0.08% of the world's wealthiest people. If you make $50,000, you are still in the top 0.31% of the world's wealthiest 
people, you're, you're above the 1%. If you make $25,000, you're in the top 2% of the world's wealthiest people. And so today I get the privilege of talking to the top 2% of the world's wealthiest people in all the world right here in this room. And what does the Bible talk to us and say to us about how to be rich? Because we're rich. So, so a lot of us, we need to learn how to be rich. Because you're, you're there, <laughs> you just don't know how to be it, right? And so I, I want to let us know what this sermon isn't. Because some of you are probably going, I know he's saying not to be funny, but where's the pledge cards? I'm waiting for it. Here, here's what this message isn't. This message isn't about this. That if, you ha- if, if you're wealthy, if you're rich, if you drive a nice car, if you have a nice house, that you're a bad person. That's not this message. That's not this church. Man, if you read the Bible, there were a lot of rich people in the Bible that were called men of God. Abraham and Job, just two of the ones, um, man, they were rich, r- rich, wealthy people. Um, and they were considered men of God. And so this isn't telling you you can't take nice vacations, you can't have, have stuff, but the problem becomes when the stuff has us. Um, this isn't a message saying, hey, the church has come to a bad place, so pastor, we need you to talk about money because you haven't done it in two years. Um, listen, fi- Financially Foundation Church is doing great. In fact, we're having the best financial year we've ever had in our history of almost 10 years of being here. We are going to be giving over $100,000 away in missions just this year, Foundation Church. There's awesome, awesome things happening. That's not this message. This message isn't to manipulate you or make you feel guilty or make you feel bad. This message is not a prosperity gospel message. It says, if you start giving Dennis Duncan, you're going to start making $190 million. Go play the Powerball because you're going to hit it. I promise. It's what God said in his word. If thou will tithe, you will win the Powerball. It's not in there, right? God is not your genie. All of a sudden, when you start becoming obedient, that he just just pops up and is like, woo, what do you want? I want three more wishes, right? No, no, no. It's not how it works. But this message is all about how do we, what is our responsibility as rich people, how do we conduct ourselves financially? I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, and God can give you more blessings than you need. And then you will always have plenty of everything enough to give to every good work. And I believe that most of us, we're here. Second Corinthians 9.8 is a reality compared to the rest of the world for us. Second Corinthians 9.8 is a reality for most of us compared to the rest of the world. And Frank said this, it says, no one has ever become poor by giving. So what is our role in giving. What is our role? How are we to use finances? How are we to gauge? What's our thought process? What should it be when it comes to the area of finances? The first thing is this, is that we've got to stay focused on what really matters. <coughs> like he's dying. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. We've got to stay focused on what really, really matters. This week, you can ask my wife, I've been processing this message, 
And this message has messed with me um, in a good way, but it has messed with my mind, with my heart, and have, has me reevaluating, am I staying focused on what really matters? Because what I notice about us as a culture, especially in this culture, and especially in this nation, is that we focus on what really doesn't matter a lot, and what really matters, we forget about. We focus on what really doesn't matter, we really do, it becomes the center point of the way we live our lives and the way we run our finances. And what really matters, we don't give a second thought to. In the early 1600s, a, a man named John Smith, some of you are like, is that the Pocahontas John Smith you're talking about? Why, yes, it is the blue corn moon that I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Um, that John Smith was exploring the New World, and he was exploring the Chickahominy River when he came around, and Adam Crisp, you're not allowed to repeat this answer or say this answer out loud, he discovered a mineral named pyrite. Does anybody know what pyrite is? Fool's gold. So boom, look at you. You paid attention in science class. Um, take him back to eighth grade. It's fool's gold. But John Smith didn't know that. And he saw all of this fool's gold that he thought was gold. And he loaded up his ship. Um, I see I enunciate that this time. He, he loaded up a ship full. <laughs> a ship full of pyrite. <laughs> A fool's gold. So you can't even get through it in second service. Um, he loaded it up and he sent it to London and he thought, I've, I've hit it. I've hit it big time. The, the queen's going to hear about my great deed. Everybody's going to know. I mean, I'm going to have castles. They're going to name a continent after me because I have found a ship full of gold. And he gets there and they, the boat pulls in. And they unload the boat full of gold, and the expert looks at it. And in John Smith, think of this. It looks valuable. It looks like the real thing, right? Everybody's like, look at all this stuff, and everybody's going after it. And they're, they're loading up this boat full of this fool's gold just to get it to London, to take all the resources, all the energy, all the time to get it to an expert who really knows the value of things, to say, man... That, this isn't worth anything. This is fool's gold. And, and like, I'm John Smith. Like, I know he, he, he's in the new world, and he was this awesome explorer, and he met Pocahontas, really cool, and they sang a song together. Um, but, at least in the Disney version. Um, but I'm feeling really dumb. Right? I, I mean, I, I, I blew it. I wasted so much resources of my country's resources for something that wasn't really worth anything. And when it comes to our lives, when it comes specifically to the area of finances, I, I gotta tell you, I think we fill up our ship, our boat, our closets, our houses, our garages, full of fool's gold. It looks like it's worth it. Well, that means you're important. That means you're successful. 
That, that means this. That means that. And we come to the end of this life and the expert of it all that, that really tells you, man, was this really worth all the energy and the time and the resources you pulled into it? It's going to say, man, man, you somewhere along the line, you got fooled. Somewhere along the line, you went and you tried to make life all about this when that's not what I called you to run after in the first place. And you've been chasing fool's gold. You've been chasing something that doesn't really matter and isn't important and really, when you break it down, really isn't valuable because that outfit you bought wasn't in style in the first place. And here's what the warning in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 says this. But people who long to be rich fall into, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many Sorrows. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says, Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. I love this verse. Can we leave this up here just for a second? How, how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. This verse is saying this more happiness is more money isn't going to bring you more happiness. More money isn't going to bring you more happiness. I know a lot of mean rich people, right? You know a lot of like cranky old man yelling, get off my yard, kids. And he's got this really nice yard. Yeah, you know, he's got all the money in the world. You're like, man, what you got to be cranky about? I know a lot of people who are wealthy and rich and are stressed out and their marriage is falling apart because they started running and accumulating what really doesn't matter. And what really matters, what really is going to last, which is souls in the Word of God, they've forgotten about. And they haven't been pursuing and they haven't been investing and trying to use their finances and the resources and the things that God has placed in their life because they've been running after more. Because if we, re if we achieve this financial status, then all the stress will be gone. If we come to this place financially, then we'll be happy. If I can just get this, if I can just get this promotion, if I can just get this job, if we can just move into this house, if I can just get this car, if we can just take this vacation, then, then, then. But hear the word of God this morning. More wealth isn't going to lead you to more happiness. It's not. Because when we start chasing more wealth, we forget what really matters. When Casey and I got married, we were super poor. I mean, uber poor. We did not qualify in this whole percentage thing. We were not the top 2% of the wealthiest people in the world. We were, we were, we were living on beans, baby. And if it was a good night, we had chicken and dumplings. Well, that's still a good night in my house. I'm like, come on. Um, and, and here's the deal, is that when we were married and we were newlyweds and, and we didn't have much and we we're still driving our cars from high school and, and, and stressed financially, can I, man, I don't remember being upset. I remember being sad. I don't remember casing us like saying, oh, this life sucks right now, and I just can't wait till we make more money so we can be more happy. No, we enjoyed the journey where we were. 
because we still were focused on what really matters. And here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4 through 5 says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Winston Churchill says this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So, what, how, how do we stay focused on what really matters? Well, the first thing is this, is that we have to have a new attitude. There's an attitude adjustment that has to happen in our lives, and that new attitude is our second point. We have to understand it's not mine, it's all his. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's all his. The Bible says this in Psalms 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. James 1:17. every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's his. If you go down to the two and three-year-old room, they're in a little bit of a pickle today because I took the two, only two Hot Wheels that are in the whole class. What up, teachers? Um, Here's the deal. They fight over these two Hot Wheels, which apparently we need to get some more Hot Wheels. Um, and, and I don't know if it's the boys. I think it's probably a combination of boys and girls because you just want what you can't have, right? It's just a policy and nature of life. You want what you can't have. And if they get one of these Hot Wheels, they grab them and they say, mine, right? You can't have it. You can't have this Hot Wheel. It is my car. That is mine. And, and Here's me. Like, if I'm one of the teachers down there, I'm like, that's not yours, you stupid little kid. You know, I, this is why I don't work in the children's department. Um, if you think you might say that phrase, we will guide you to another place to volunteer, okay? Um, that is not your calling or your mission in life. But they, they, they get there and they're like, mine. And you know, that's not your car. That's not your car. That's Foundation Church's car. You didn't buy that? That's like your kids when they say, I'm going to go to my room. I'm like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. That ain't your room. That's not your clothes. That's not your bed. That's not your water. you You are drinking my water that I'm paying for. Give me that glass of water. You know, that's not, that's, no, that it's not mine right? Mine. And, and you'll walk in and you'll see kids, mine. And you're like, why, why are you fighting over that? Because it's a little car. Like, what's the big deal? And I got to tell you, I think God looks at our attitude and he sees us saying, that's, that's my bank account, right? That's all my hard work that has brought this. No, it's not. The earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Your ability to work came from a God-given ability. He gave you the ability. He gave you the health to be able to work and to make a living. That house is not yours. Those finances are not yours. And when you and I understand that we are not owners, but we are managers of it, there is a shift that happens in our finances. There's a shift 
that happens when it comes to the way we conduct ourselves and what he has blessed and entrusted us with. It's not ours. It's not mine. But it's his. So, you know, how, how, the, the reality is this, is that if we have a problem releasing, we have an issue with keeping, right? If we have a problem with releasing, we have an issue with keeping, and that issue of keeping is called greed. Now, nobody wants to say, oh, I'm a greedy person, right? But it's a struggle. It's a struggle, and it's something we want to minimize, and it's something like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not greedy, but, but here's the thing about greed. Greed sneaks in very slyly, just a little bit at a time, and greed can move into your life without any effort, but you've got to put a lot of effort in getting it out. You got to be super purposeful in getting it out. And it says this in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus said, then he said, beware, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Man, you're not a success because of what you own. Bob Berg said this, giving is not a strategy. It's a way of life. So how do we safeguard our life against greed? How do we safeguard our life from becoming a mind person and instead being a manager of what he's entrusted us with? One thing I would tell you, and this is not a whole message about it, I've got to go really quick, but it's tithing. That's why I'm a big believer in tithing. Tithing is the first 10% of what you make goes to the church. It keeps a percentage. As you make more, you're giving more. As you make more, you're giving more. As you make more, you're giving more. It is the first 10% of what you make comes into the church. It talks about tithing in Malachi 3 verse 10. God says, bring the whole tithe to me so that I might bless you. I don't have time to read it. It's there for reference point. It is there. And what happens is there's a lot of us that we want to argue tithe. We want to say that's a law of the Old Testament. It's a Mosaic law. Listen, it was a principle in Genesis 14 and in Genesis 29, way before it was ever in Moses's law, in the Mosaic law. It's a principle, not a law. But if you're still going to argue and say, I just don't believe it, well then hear me. Here's, here's the problem, is that tithing was never supposed to be the finishing line. Tithing was the starting line for us as followers of Christ. And most of the time when we try to dismiss tithing, it's not so we can give more, it's so we don't have to give it all. And if you want to look at the New Testament compared to the Old Testament, Jesus always asked more of us. To the rich young ruler, that would be all of us. What's he say? Go sell it all. Give it all away and follow after me. The New Testament church, oh, I want to be a part of the New Testament church, do you? Because, man, it was a mess. And they sold everything they owned and pulled it together so that they could reach more people. See, tithing was never about requiring. Tithing was not the great grandfather. Now, I am a tither, look at me. No, 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 no. It is the starting line. 
Because hear me, it's our last point today. This whole thing about following Christ with our finances, this whole thing of, of, of running after what God has called us in the air of our finances, it is a race to see what we can give away, not what we can get. It's a race to see what we can give, not get. Here's how Jesus broke it down. Jesus says this in Luke, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21 and verse 24. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Don't store up treasures here on earth. We've got a quick illustration for you. Imagine that. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite illustrations I've ever used. This is life right here, this rope. This, this whole rope, there's a hair on it. Ugh, gross, that's way longer than mine. Um, this is life. And this represents eternity. This tape part right here, this is our, our human existence here on earth. And when you look at this life compared to all eternity, that eternity is forever, right? <laughs> Like we think, we, we hear it, but I don't think we ever visualize, we ever really think about it. This is, this is the, what the Bible calls our life is just a vapor. That's what this looks like. And here's how most of us are living our life out. We spend the first half of our life just being stupid, right? We're like, I'm gonna do what feels good, I'm gonna go. The front part of your brain hasn't developed yet, you haven't got reasoning down yet, you're still growing, you're just like, whoa, let's go. It's all about having fun, fun, fun. And then something happens in our 20s. And we start strategizing, hopefully somewhere in our 20s to our 30s, of saying, man, you know what, I probably need to tuck some away. Probably need to save, I probably need to have retirement. And hear me, this message is not about not having savings or retirement because the Bible also says the wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. This is not that message. I'm telling you, there needs to be balance to our finances instead of imbalance. But here's what happens. We live this way, really stupid, and then we're like, man, if I, if I just own this part right here, if I just kill it right in this area, then I'm gonna live so sweet right here. <laughs> right? We're like, this, part, this, this, this is gonna be so awesome right here, these 20 years. I mean, I feel like we're, we're Eddie Murray off of Caddyshack, like, oh, that's a really nice one right there. Um, we're like, that's, that's gonna be so good right there. And, and people will look at pastors or at me, like, you're like, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy saying to invest in eternal things, to, to, to invest in what we're doing in Africa, to invest in what is happening in Foundation Church and to tithe and to give above my tithe and start bringing in offerings. And, 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 but, but here's the deal. Jesus says this 
Store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust don't destroy. Send it, send it ahead. Invest in the eternal things. You know what's eternal souls? That's why I love what's happening at Foundation Church. And Foundation Church, don't ever lose the uniqueness of what's happening in this place. Almost every week, somebody is giving their life to Jesus Christ. I can probably count on my hands the number of Sundays in almost 10 years where somebody hasn't lifted their hand to say, man, there's a change that needs to be made in my life. There is something awesome that is happening. And you and I, we don't have to invest into this. You get to invest in this. You get to invest in eternal things that will outlast you. And Jesus says, saying, man, man, don't get caught up right here. Don't chase after the fool's gold right here. Don't let this right here be your mind moment. But send it ahead. Man, invest in what's ahead. Invest in what." is eternal, why would you not want to send it ahead of you? Why would you not want to invest in something that's going to outlast you, but will never go away? I love what Jim Elliott says. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Man, you're no fool. If you give what you can't keep to gain what you cannot lose. And so many of us, we're fooling ourselves because we're living all of our financial life for this right here. And we're just like, it's so hard to give to that. It's not hard. It's just what's got your focus? What's got your attention? What's got your heart? Because where your heart is, that's where you're gonna invest. Where your heart is, you're either investing here or you're investing here. And I gotta tell you, man, this message has messed me over. Casey and I had our best giving year last year. I was feeling good until I prepared this message. We, we have giving goals, and this past year, we gave 25% of our income away. I was like, oh, we're, we're killing it. No, we're not. I, I don't want to get to the end of my life where I feel like Schindler's List. There's this awesome moment in Oscar Schindler, and you're getting stuff that first service didn't. You're welcome. <laughs> and Oscar Schindler comes to the end of his the life, and he goes, I could have done more. I wasted so much money. I wasted so much time. And I could have done more. And I told my wife last night, I go, I just don't. I don't want to come to the end of my life. I said, man, I could have, I could have done more. I could have been more focused. But we have a responsibility to learn to be rich to have, be responsible in what God has entrusted us with and not to bite on the fool's gold, but to learn to be wise, especially when it comes to the area of finances. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. 
And, and Lord, I, I pray today that we would just, as we leave this place, as we go home, that we would just simply ask you this question and we would wait to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you pleased with the way I'm conducting my, area, my life in the area of my finances? Am, am I doing all that you've called me to do when it comes to the area of my finances? Am I doing the minimum? Am I trying to see what I have to do instead of what I can do? Because if so, money is our master. <laughs> All this stuff is our master, if so. But Lord, you have blessed us in an unimaginable way. Every single one of us in this place, you have blessed us beyond our ability to fathom. And so, God, I pray that we would be responsible with the resources, with the finances that you have placed in our care. And that, God, we wouldn't come to the end and say, I, I could have done more. That we wouldn't come to the end of it and say, but I got all this stuff because, Lord, all the funerals that I've been to and I've spoken at, God, the ones that are really inspiring to where you're like, man, that person got it. Wasn't the people that had the big houses. Wasn't the people that had the stuff and the TV. Nobody talks about the TVs. Nobody talks about the cars. Nobody talks about the, the, the houses, but people talk about how they gave away their life. Those are the stories that is really the life you've called us to. And so God, I pray that in this place, you'd speak right to us. Your word would speak right to us. And the Lord, we wouldn't confuse your word. We wouldn't dismiss it. We wouldn't hear what we want to. But we would hear what we need to today. And that God, we would learn to be rich in giving it away. We'd learn to be rich in the area of finances and in giving. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, you know what, Justin, I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not where I should be. My life is a mess. I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. Maybe you're here today and you say, Justin, I just need to recommit my life to him because I'm not where I should be. And I've drifted. I mean, I've been living for this life instead of really focusing on all of eternity. Today, if that's you, when I get to three, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to invite you to pray a prayer. Because we believe God sees a hand and he changes a heart. And if that's you, and make the biggest, best decision you can ever make in your entire life. One, two, Three, is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one. There's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two. Yeah, there's three. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these three hands that are raised before I go any further in service. Man, there's a change that needs to happen. I need to come back home. I need to make a first-time decision. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You say, that's me. 
you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. God, I ask for your grace and forgiveness to enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you're calling me to. Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these three individuals a raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.